0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh
0: during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline.
1: Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast presented by STP. I'm your host Nate Ryan. I am here today at Chip Ganassi Racing and our guest today is Alba Cologne, Chevrolet Program Manager. Would that be the official title? Yes, that okay.
2: would be the official one. Great, right. And thank you for having me today.
1: Well, thanks for being here. How long have you been uh, in that title? It
2: started in 2001 and I know that sounds like, uh, like you have been doing the same. You know, somebody asked me that the other day and I said, do you have idea how many engines we have developed from the ground, how many cars, and what other job that you get an opportunity to do so many things that other engineers, you know, maybe do one car the whole time, you know, their whole engineering life. There's always something different and also something new. So it never feels like you are doing the same job.
1: Which is obviously a huge appeal to wanting to stay around it.
2: Is there always something new, some new technology? You feel like you're having a brand new job every year when we start in January.
1: Not only uh, do you have that sense of of renewal every year, I, I would think this season especially, we're here at Ganassi, which of course is running very well mm-hmm. with Kyle Larson. Jamie McMurray. We just came off a weekend in which Jimmy Johnson won again at Dover. Richard Childress Racing has two drivers locked in the playoffs. So I would think in in recent memory, this is about as well as Chevrolet has has felt about its cup teams. Right? No,
2: you, you are right about that. And I, I go backwards, you know, I go, I go a little bit back to the last year. And let's be honest, I'm frank, you know, a lot of things changed for Chevrolet at the end of the year. Changes on, on how many teams and so on. And we have always had the concept of the key part. Partner, the key partner concept that is in the past used to be these four key teams that get together and work on tools mm-hmm. that are benefit for all of them you know together but when changes happened the last year we pretty much got together and said okay you know the landscaping has changed now it's the three of us the three of us of course we have the other teams you know the satellite teams but when we talk about the core teams they all got together and said it's the three of us we have to improve and get better the way that we think and how we do things. And always has been the concept of we work together during the week and as much as we can. But, of course, when we go Sunday to the track, it's one against the other one, you know. But I have seen how we are getting better and better at working working together. And that has been very, very fascinating. Also, you know, when we saw Ryan Newman winning, that was the first time in how many years, you know, and now the number three that, oh, my God, that was amazing.
1: Because you were close to Dale Earnhardt. Of course, yes,
2: yes. And for me, that, I, I saw that number three winning and I went like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you know, I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know what to say or what to do at that moment because it felt it felt surreal. It felt yeah. great, but it felt surreal. And to see how the Ganassi team has improved so much, and you saw that some of those improvements happened late the last year, but to see how they have come you know, out of the gate, and with Hendrick Motorsports and C. Jimmy Johnson and records that he's breaking and so on and of a championship right. can be there. And So when you see all of that, that's so a goodness, is working you know it's yeah. working there's still a lot of more work to do but something is working here
1: because you brought it up I know you've told this story times before and I, I've read about it your relationship with Dale Earnhardt he was one of the first people mm-hmm. that you worked with in NASCAR obviously especially timely given Austin Dillon's recent win here at Charlotte yeah. tell me about how you how No, you yes
2: um I came to to the sport uh in 1994 pretty much roughly uh, out of college and I got an opportunity, one of my first test sessions was in Talladega, and we were testing what well, was the SV2 engine. I went as a data acquisition engineer, but I went just to see how the deal works. Mm-hmm. And that was when Dale Earnhardt, I met him, and he said, you know what, You win, I would not give you more than a year here. <laughs> but Dale, Dale was that, like that, and of course, it, it, it made me a little bit mad, let's be honest about
1: that. <laughs> well, he was but, wrong, obviously. You know, let's yeah. just put that out there. But you know what, he
2: helped me. He helped me because when somebody, he said, "You cannot do something." That inspired me more. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to show you what I can do. I worked with him for 1995. You know, data acquisition for when they won in uh, the Breaker 400. So that that was just uh, purely amazing. And always kept in touch, working on some projects with him until you know. Of course, unfortunately, we lost him in 2001. He helped me to. You know, I really believe he helped me to get to where I am. And he told me a year before he passed away. He said, "You know what? I knew that you could do it." So <laughs> knowing better now they'll of course you know that he liked to push people, yeah so. he pushes people's buttons yeah, yeah. So no, that was yeah. good i think that he will be so amazed with everything that his son has accomplished and how his son has come along in the sport and so on you know i know that he's proud looking at all of us yeah, so. yeah well, i'm yeah. sure he'd be proud to see mm-hmm. that
1: 22 years later you're still a big part of nascar yeah. <laughs> and and uh, instrumental in the, in the chevrolet side w- was it that he was skeptical because of in 1995 data acquisition and engineering <laughs> wasn't really uh, a thing you ma- believed ma-
2: in? Maybe, yeah. maybe 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 you, yeah. you know i and pretty much were not too many engineers there. You know, he had one of the engineers for him was Bobby Hutchins. You know, he was one Mm. of the engineers, but we were coming with all these data acquisition systems and trying to do things. On that test, I remember that I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? You know, I did not understand anything going on. He liked to poke at people, but he said that, you know what? And I didn't mind to. It just inspired me to get better and better when he said, I knew you could do it. And he was one of my supporters always. You know, we were at the winner's circle in 1995. We have worked with him on the test set. And I remember I messed up. I put some sensors in his car, and I didn't put the wheel in the right place how it's supposed to be done. I got out of the car, he got in, and suddenly his wheel came out a little bit. He got mad, really mad, and he asked, you know, to the guys, like, who did this? And I admitted, hey, it was my mistake. He'd say, hmm, and, you know, he put it, and I just was like... Shaking, I remember. So every time that he came back and he mentioned what happened with this or so on, the guys started to say, "Oh, that was fault. <laughs> it was some matter that I haven't even touched the car after that." But he knew, you know, I—you become part of the team. And after that, when he won, and I remember being in that winner's circle for the first time in 1995 at the Breaker. such a big deal—I was a rookie in that thing. And he said, "No, you are part of who helped me to get here." So I had that picture with him. Oh, nice! And Teresa over there. So he—he he was a special. He was a special, and and the way that he was with people, and the way that he was at the track—only that he le- didn't like to announce that to the public. He just liked to work behind the scenes, and that's what makes him so amazing.
1: Okay, we're going to pause the podcast right here to. Talk- you about a product from our presenting sponsor, STP. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge, developing products to help engines perform at their best. Their newest product, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner and Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline. That helps keep fuel fresh during storage, especially in engines that are stored over an extended period of time. As the owner of two used cars that are both over 15 years old, I can appreciate this, and this products certainly helps with that and also helps with with mileage as well one bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline and it's compatible with all two and four stroke engines including lawnmowers boats and motorcycles so be sure to check out stp's new product the stp ultra five and one plus fuel system cleaner and fuel stabilizer. And now let's get back to our conversation with Alba Colone Ganassi. Nine years. Would this be their best year?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And you can see it. You can see it when you walk. When you walk through the building, the way that the team is working, how they have been able to, to find that magic to make things happen. You know, they feel very comfortable. They know how to handle when they have issues, how to handle them. The driver seems extremely different. Both drivers, you know, this year seem to be extremely different. And I don't only believe, not only the team. But mentally, I believe in this sport. You have to make be mentally, you mm-hmm. know, strong to be able to win and, and to be in, the, in on the top of the sport. And both drivers are different. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how to explain that, but there's some magic behind mm-hmm. the way that they have been going to the track and making things happen. And when you walk through this building, you feel it.
1: That's impressive. And you said you, know, you talked about how things have seemed more collaborative uh, between Hendrick and CRCR. Uh, we're here in this conference room, and I, I won't name names, but there were some Hendrick employees that I just saw walk out <laughs> of here. So,
2: be, being honest, um. We, we just had one of those key partners meetings. Oh, yes. you know, okay. the key partners, so yeah. there were some RCR people and Hendrick and also uh, some CGR. And once again, working on the things that are common that we need to be working together. You know, they are working on more things together. You know, let me give you a quick example. We had a will-force-to-inducer vehicle, and every, you know, each one of the OEMs has one, but this year we are working more together on making everything happen, you know, one team is building the vehicle and the other ones are sharing data and sharing information, they get together before the test, they go to the test, they all work together, they sit down in the same table sharing their and giving their opinion we didn't see that before, and they all realize, you know, we you can keep pushing and pushing, but when they all come together and said, it's true, you are my competition during the, you know, on Sunday, of course, but but goals are to beat those other, the other guys. Remain nameless right, right now, but the goal is to beat the other one. And we have to do it working together.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, if you look at the other manufacturers mm-hmm. in NASCAR, I, I think there have been some examples of of team alliances that have worked really, really well. Absolutely. Was the, the GM collaboration this year, the Chevrolet collaboration, getting those teams on the same page, was it at your urging? Or do you think they also saw what? other teams were doing that I I think that
2: was both one specific project you you know and I can I cannot reveal the projects that we are working on but there was one specific project that the three of them came together and came to us and said we want to work on this together and and I almost died of a heart attack I was like what (laughs) we've been trying to make this thing happen and they said no no we have to we have to and let's make it happen so they are coming together to make you know to work together
1: is it difficult for you sometimes Alba because I I was talking to Dave Paris at Ford about this about how he was explaining that the manufacturer sort of has to know everything, but the teams can't know everything. But you have to sort of be in the middle and mm-hmm. and judge like how much information you dispense to each team and, and share. Is that, does that put you in an awkward position? Sometimes. No, you, you know
2: what? I think that I, I learned that a long time ago. You, you, you know, you need to have a conversation with a team. In some way, you need to put that data in some part of your brain. But as soon as you get out of this building, you need to forget it. You know, know, so stay there for some things, but you need to forget it. And in some occasions, I make I make notes (laughs) just to make sure this is going with this team and that team and that team. And we all work in that way. One thing that I have learned this in this sport is trust is a big deal. Trust. If you lose the trust on somebody, you know, it's not going to work. There are things that we work together, and other things that we don't we don't discuss. And yes, we have to we have to know a lot of things. And if we don't have it, we have to go. And get it outside and and get it and provide it to them or, you know, trying to help each other. In some occasions, you know, some of the teams have been like, hey, I'm looking for this particular piece. Do you think that another team have it? By the time that they asked me, they pretty much know the answer. <laughs> they know the answer of what, of what the deal is. But, yeah. you know, maybe we can facilitate, and we have done that in the past. I say, hey, let's see how we can work. But remember, there's a, you know, there's a give and take on everything that we do. So there's ways how to find it. But again, on other occasions, I cannot share, you know, like, and we had that issue with some, you know, the other day that somebody was asking for something, and I knew that the person sitting down there pretty much knew the answer. How do we help them to get to the answer without giving away? And that's that's the magic that we need to all work together. And that happens with the other two OEMs. How do you make things happen without giving away your trust?
1: Is it easier this year, knowing that obviously last year I'm sure was inherently awkward in some ways because you yeah. had a team that was leaving, mm-hmm. and this year you don't really have that that situation mm-hmm. as much with, with with your three key partner teams. Yes,
2: you, you know what? You just again you have to work you have to work the magic. You know I don't yeah. know how to describe you yet. you have to work the magic. But I get remember when thing they're still competitors they're still competitors you know right now you have you know up to a couple of weeks ago so you had Ganassi in first place and you have hendrix in second place right yeah how do we share some things but without giving away the the key parts and and everybody understands and everybody is respectful you know and and let me tell you one thing that has made a key partner work also is the people that is in those meetings you need to feel comfortable with those people that are there and I'm for you know one thing that I work a lot is in the dynamic of the group working on that dynamic and when you have somebody new you have to work you know find the ways okay how are we going to make this thing work you know who is the right person at the team that should be in those meetings to make decisions but also that everybody else feels comfortable that they can open and you know it will stay in this room.
1: So it's like being a new kid at school and you have it to sort of no, no. the personalities you, that way? You, yeah. you are
2: right about that. Yeah. You are right about that. Huh. Yes, it's like a new kid at a school. You hmm. are right about that. You know, specifically, if you see uh, Ganassi went to some changes, you know, the last year also. So when we brought some of the new kids uh, here, you know, we needed to go a little bit by a little bit. Okay, so let's get to know each other. You know, let's, yeah. let's go back. <laughs> How are we going to get to know each other? until everybody feels comfortable. Right. And from there, they work together. Right. So that that is very important. And at the same time, you know, we have to be relevant. We have to be relevant on what we provide to the teams, and we have to keep up with what's going on. You know, I know that you have heard about the simulator, you know. Yes. All of that is out there about oh, the yeah. simulator. And, and people say, hey, we, we were the last ones to come to the picture. You know, there are budgets, there are other things, you know. But at the same time, you know, we want to like, okay, we want to get the best one after two or three people experiment with one. This is what we want uh let's work together to make sure that you know that we race to the location really fast really quick and i think that you have seen layling more and more drivers keep mentioning the simulator Absolutely. so all the teams are working together to make sure that the simulator is getting better.
1: Yeah, you read my mind. That was next on my list of questions for you, Alba. uh because I I think Dale Jr. just talked about this mm-hmm. uh, going into Dover last week, that he he went to the GM simulator and spent a lot of time yes, getting getting ready on the setups. And so here's here's my first question that I'm kind of curious about. So I've seen the Toyota simulator. I've been mm-hmm. to Salisbury. I saw that last year. I, I saw the Ford one for the first time at the tech center, which is not too far from here, last week. I know that your simulator is in Huntersville. Yes. But apparently in an undetermined location because <laughs> whenever I hear it mentioned, I only hear it mentioned is it's in Huntersville. Uh, it's in some unmarked building off that, that of I-77. That's true. Huh? Okay. That's
2: very true. And that's as much as we can discuss right now. <laughs> no, no, but, um, um, you know, it has been unbelievable how the teams, uh, how the teams are working on the deal, how they are helping, but not only that, you know. W- one thing, I, I think that, when we come to this job, you need to be you need to have a little bit of humility. We are the manufacturer, we support we guide, but we don't know everything and let's make let's make clear about that you know i and one thing we can with the whole the whole device and and again, we have told the you know the drivers the teams, and so on if you see something that is wrong or that it should be improved. I need immediately that you tell us, and because we need to be working on it. We need to be working on it, but if you keep that comment to yourself, it's not going to help you, it's not going to help the other one. you know let's make sure that you have a tool that can be really good for you, and once again, I always tell the guys you guys go and beat each other on Sunday at the track, okay. Mm-hmm. Here, we need to continue working together. And it has been unbelievable. You know, when we finish a session, you know, we give this piece of paper to the driver, to the team. Okay, you are not leaving the place until you tell me what like, what you didn't like. It, uh, it really looks like, I don't know, like like Dover, you know, I'm having the right marks. Am I having the right, you know, the, the right picture and the way you can visualize where exactly you are. The, you know, the feeling, the noise, the sound, you, you know, you have to help us to get better. And that's what they have been doing. And, you know, it's unbelievable. When we started, you know, everybody was a little bit more is, skeptical about, I don't know, that tool is great. Maybe I take one shift, but I don't need too many shifts, you know, because I don't know. Uh, now it's, it's a battle, you know, really? it's, it's like a winter. It's like. all booked up. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, do I have do I have time to do anything else? Because everybody huh. wants to go. And when you hear, you know, Junior's comments, um, Alex Bowman has been very... Very well spoken, mm-hmm. uh, of course, on that deal. When you hear not only our IndyCar driver, I heard, you know, Will Power, you know, the, who won the last year, and I was in a meeting, and, and he mentioned how he went, you know, to the simulator and so on, and, and Jimmy Johnson has done that many times. And when Jimmy goes and calls and said, uh, I need to go to the simulator tomorrow. And you are like, okay, (laughs) remember, we need to be good brothers and sisters and share with everybody. But when you see those drivers asking for that, come on, you are doing something right. Yeah, obviously, a seven-time
1: champion wants time on the simulator right away. You
2: are doing something right. (laughs) Yeah. But you have to keep going.
1: Right. So the the way you've optimized it, then, it sounds like what you're saying all this, that that trust that you talked about, that honesty, Mm -hmm. you need the drivers to be completely candid and tell you exactly what they're seeing and knowing that it might help another Chevrolet yeah. driver for another team that's okay as long as it helps everybody and then like you yeah, said to, you, you to race make, it out on to Sunday to
2: make the simulator better and again we still have many projects that we have to keep working on it yeah. you, you, we are not near to I think where we need to be you know we, we're still working on it on Um, And and once again, I want to make very, very clear. There's an honesty that goes in some place, but I know that all these, I call it my guys, my kids, they're all hiding something from each other, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because they need to go and win on Sunday and beat the other one. But once again, it's the whole concept of you have to develop the tools to get to some place. In the way we get better. Is yeah.
1: it is it a validation for you as an engineer going back all the way back to you know the the mid 90s when you were doing that data acquisition with with Dale Earnhardt's team? Could you see it eventually getting to this point? I know the simulator is partially a result, a function of mm-hmm. NASCAR outlawing testing, but mm-hmm. you probably saw. That applications like this would be possible, oh, given yeah. your background, knowing your mind. No, and, no, no, and yes. You eventually get to this. Place. Oh,
2: oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and they said I call it the beauty when NASCAR tells you no know, you cannot do, go and do more physical testing at the truck, That's when like okay, so what do we do now? So that's when you go to the simulator, but you also go with simulation. You also go with um, other tools. How do I go and recreate everything in the computer to recreate what the driver is going to to be getting? You know, when I came to the sport. Uh, Believe it or not, data acquisition was starting. And I remember, and of course, we not mention drivers, but I remember when some of the drivers didn't even like me that I was going around and I was, was not there, okay? <laughs> but uh, they didn't like because they say, oh, there she comes. You know, she's going to put something and say something in the computer and say something to the crew chief. You know, suddenly we were telling the crew chiefs and the other engineers and the team and, and the other team members, hey, this is what the driver sees or doing mm-hmm. at their car. Some people didn't like that. I remember that so, so well. So yeah. people did not like that. But again, we started with that acquisition, and now that acquisition is such a normal thing. We started with the seven-post rig. The teams used to go to Michigan to do the seven-post rig. Psh, everybody has one of those things. Wind tunnels, the teams used to go to Michigan to the, our wind tunnel. Now they are amazing facilities here. So many, many things like that. We just have to keep seeing what is the next thing. And and that's, you know, you have to talk to the teams. You have to know. You have to see outside of the sport. Also, I I try to look a lot about what does Formula One does, what other sports doing. Simulators were, you know, being used by Formula One for some time. So you need to look outside to see what what else is going on.
1: Was was there a tipping point? Obviously, engineering has become, like, just so NASCAR is completely immersed in it now. But was was there a point or a a time at which you realized, like, okay, this is going to be the path forward Everybody's going to be doing this. Everybody's going to be. Yeah, eventually um, using I think, I, think I was
2: with, with. I was with the time. Was yeah. with the time. You know, we realize. You know, we we need to. And and you know, one thing let's make very clear. I don't think that we are in the place where I want to be, or where any of us want to be. And, and that's one thing that I think that is with engineers. It happens a lot with engineers. We're never. Uh, let's say this in a nice way, but we never seem <laughs> to be happy. You know, we we <laughs> never seem. T- we want to continue doing better and better the project. We are wired to want to do better, to get better. So so there are things that I'm not even thinking, but I know that they will go ahead. You know, if you start to see, um, like we're talking about, you know, simulators, and we go to the simulation, you know, trying to develop models. So you start to think about something. We don't only need engineers now. We need, you know, people that are experts in math. Now we need to, you know, develop analytical data you know we have too much data now we need people that knows how to understand that data read that data make it happen you know put it in some way that okay how does this translate to a car how does this translate to a test so it's changing a lot of the kind of people that that we need you know first we were not thinking about engineers before now you can see many crew chiefs are engineers now you can see there are many engineers working in the teams now it's changing the sport keeps keeps changing keeps yeah. changing
1: so as an engineer the quest is always. For perfection and optimization, mm-hmm. and I, somebody was telling me this. I, I guess the, the reason maybe sometimes engineers aren't necessarily good fits for racing. Some are obviously, but they always think that if you just feed a bunch of data and you're going to get a perfect setup for a car, and it, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right? No, I mean, no, 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 it yeah.
2: doesn't work that way. You are right, but but that's where you need to find a happy medium, and you and that's where you need some people. You know, I really believe we need everybody. And, you, you know, I I would love to have a budget that never ends and do all these you know, crazy things, but at the, at the same time, okay, we need to think about the health of the sport and the health of the sport goes from the money side, from the fan side, from all that kind of stuff. So we need to be, you know, more open-minded and figure out, you know, what, what, what is needed. And again, you know, with my degree that I have, with my background, how can we help to, to get to the next level? But of course, there's all these contraind- constraints mm-hmm. A- and that's how you have to work. And that's, you know, that's how you get ahead. Two
1: more questions real quick on the simulator. So how long has it been around? Two or three years?
2: Okay, I, I think I'm getting here that it's in 2015. <laughs> and my apologies for all these years are running together, okay? <laughs> yeah, funny. Right. And, you know, let, let's make clear uh, Toyota came with the simulator first. Uh, um, once again, Toyota, you know, meaning about the teams, the OEMs that we are working here. Uh, Ford came maybe like a year before us. And
1: virtually yeah. every, I mean, you mentioned, I I didn't yeah. realize Jimmy was using it. every driver in the Chevrolet Fold yeah, pretty has much. been in there. Yeah, pretty much, yes. At, at some point. Yes, And it's running 12 yeah. hours a day, five days a week, whatever. It's yeah, um uh, uh,
2: Yeah, and, and, and again, remember, you know, General Motors, you know, Chevrolet, we, we are a bigger family. So we have, you know, the... The NASCAR side, that can be from the Cup, um, Xfinity, of course the trucks. We had the IndyCar side, and we have the um, also the um, the Corvettes, you know, the other other stuff. And I seen that one of the funny things has been um, how to work those schedules to make things happen. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. you know, uh, trust me, we'll we'll fight. Like I say, we'll fight for no. I I need more time for my drivers. So. <laughs> We'll need to share and be good brothers and sisters. It sounds like
1: <laughs> you're basically like a mom with several thousand kids yes. in the garage <laughs> and in the, sh- the greater Charlotte yes, area that you're just much. trying to, to manage all the time.
2: Pretty much. You know, but it's, it's just fascinating to work with the different minds here. You know, there are some people here that I admire so much, how they how they make things work. And, and the admiration not only happens here, you know, on, also happens with... While other people are doing other teams, you know, you know. Penske is a team that w- has always been admired. Other teams, you know, but it's the teams like that. So it's always interesting to learn more from them to see how the things work. So yeah. that's how we get better.
1: Well, speaking of being admired, I, w- I want to embarrass you a little bit here at this point because y- you've... <laughs> Thanks for our ace PR woman Jessica. <laughs> I know that you've had some awards recently, and that relates to your your work in engineering. which is Yes, wow! Well,
2: no, <laughs> thank you. Um, that was from the last year, and it was sponsored by by Intel, and it was about women that are breaking barriers and doing things that are different. And and Intel provided that gave that award. I think that was four five different females that are being pioneers in different areas, you know, in, in different areas of what they work, and and it was an amazing. It was an amazing. Experience, and I, I would be honest with you, I have been very blessed. To have a career that I didn't even dream when I was a kid that it could be possible, but this career has opened me to technologies and to meeting people that are so amazing and visit places and all that kind of stuff. And I have realized, you know, one thing when I was when I was a kid, my, my role models of, were my parents, you know, professors, but I didn't see too many too many engineers females. You know, I, I always tell the story Sally Wright, I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, I wanted I saw that to be your bio. Yeah. I wanted to be like her. I wanted to go to the moon, go to the stars, Mars, and so on. But but again, aside of or that role that was in a poster or, or in the news and so on, there was you know never had opportunity to really talk to another you know uh, ladies and females that are doing things like this. So I had given the opportunity that I can go and tell tell my story and try to tell and inspire other. Um, you know, kids, but, you know, in this case, let's say, you know, another ladies and another Hispanics, you know, you... You can do whatever you want, you can be right whoever you want, so you just have to put your mind. I believe education is really key, uh, but you can go and do it that's a yeah. great
1: that's a great message and obviously you're you're a great role model for that just to again embarrass you a little bit further. so in addition to the women who spark, you've also won uh, a great minds and stem pioneer award, excellent in engineering. you're honored as one of business Insider magazines. 23 of the most powerful women engineers in the world. Uh, All of that is great. Alba has an incredible background. You're raised in Puerto Rico, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: born in Spain. Had Sally Ride, the first female U.S. astronaut, who rode on the space shuttle, uh, mm-hmm. as, as your hero growing up. And I know that science, technology, engineering, mathematics—that's what STEM stands for—for for those who don't know—that that's been a big passion for you. And you've you've been speaking to a lot of schools and, and trying ab- to get more kids involved. Yes,
2: in ab- absolutely. And and that that came from home. You know, my father was in a in in the career of medicine. Uh, my mother, a teacher, so both professionals. And um, I remember that always that conversation where they sat down, the three of us, I have. brother and a sister and they said you can do whatever you want after you finish a college and you could have a degree so they always told us you have to go to college but you can be whatever you want and again I guess I said I had this crazy idea that going to the moon someday I see that engineers you know engineers can go to NASA and so on and that was how I got involved and said I'm going to be a mechanical engineer of course later long story short I I got into vehicles and I never thought I was going to get into racing and look where I am very passionate about STEM very passionate about uh, transmitting that message out there Mm -hmm. especially for me is more you know with with the Hispanic kids many of, you know I meet many kids that are still they will be maybe the first ones that will go out to to college and, and I want to make sure that they understand you know you can do it and also to, to young ladies you know the other day I was looking it's a little bit embarrassment right now but it said <laughs> if I tell you to mention a scientific or a genius most of the time you will only come with a man name That's you will point. not come yeah. you will not come with a lady's right. name you know
1: right. when I think so, genius I automatically default to Einstein out no it's no, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We go, with, <laughs> yeah. we go
2: with Einstein, and but again, you know, you need to think a little bit more about but When you start to think about, you know, Marie Curie, you know, you start to look. There, there's many people that have done a lot of things, many women, but they are not, they are not celebrated. When you know, the last night I was in the airplane and I saw the um, Hidden Figures. I've been wanting to see that, yeah, that movie. And when yeah. I realized what those three amazing women did for the, you know, for the NASA program and everything, and and again, there's all, you know, I want to read the book to understand better what they did, but again, it's just fascinating, you know, fascinating, and I remember when I told people I'm going to go and work in race cars some people laughed at me. They were like, you are crazy.
1: Because 20 years ago, it would have seemed crazy, just like it would have seemed crazy exactly. 50 years ago that three African-American women would go to NASA and have an exactly. impact Exactly, exactly,
2: and, yeah. and, and you see all these things, and you're just like, we we need more engineers. Believe it or not, we still need more engineers, right. you know, in everything that you do, there has been an engineer that has worked on everything, on everything that you touch. There's an engineer that has been involved so we need many many of them the way that they, that the world is changing so I was blessed to have some parents that helped me to get there and to have some professors that they didn't let me when you know one moment when I got an offer from GM I remember that I told a professor I don't think so I will take that one <laughs> he sat me down and he gave me the speech okay <laughs> like do you have a clue what you're saying, I was very blessed to have those people that opened my mind to other things.
1: That's great. Well, obviously NASCAR is trying to hook a youthful audience demographic out, but they're they're trying to attract kids. And it sounds like when you go out and Talk to these kids, especially as you were saying, Hispanic kids. Does the science and technology, engineering, mathematics? Does that? It sounds like it resonates. Can it? Can it resonate in a way that can attract kids to NASCAR as well? When you show them that there is engineering and stuff involved in this? Yes,
2: uh, absolutely. You know, and, and Chevrolet, uh, in conjunction with NASCAR, they put together um, a, a competition where, you know, talk about a technology related with NASCAR in, in 90 seconds, and people can choose anything, you know, anything, but just trying to show them in their mind about racing is cool, engineering is cool. That's the whole deal. We need to show students today right. engineering and math and science is cool. You know, it's not this notion that you have to be a nerd to be in that. So that's what we're all trying to do. NASCAR is it's, it's doing the same, and many organizations are doing the same, just showing uh, you can have a career here, and it's a cool job that you can go and work on something that maybe someday, you know, makes it out there and so on.
1: We were talking about this right before. That dovetails into my next question, which, again, we were discussing about how I feel like there are many great engineering stories to tell in NASCAR, but it generally isn't thought of as being sexy or charming yeah. the, the, the way like a shade tree mechanic yeah. might be, you know, the way like the grizzled old, you know, the smoky eunuch type who's who's so much a part of, of stock car lore. And as you were discussing earlier, like so much of the information in, in the engineering that teams are getting is proprietary. That's why we didn't learn about anybody's simulators right away. <laughs> it took a couple of years for that to get up. So,
2: absolutely. I,
1: given all of that, how do you tell those stories? Are, are there ways that you think the engineering side of NASCAR, like those stories, could be told better? Given that there are some limitations in those yeah. regards. Yeah,
2: but you know. But at the same time, you know, one thing we have a very cool, attractive product: racing. People find racing interesting. Right. So, so, that's where I go with it, with the side and say, hey, we 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 are a group of engineers that help Jimmy Johnson, Learn Hunt Jr. to go faster. They're like, whoa, how do you do that? So you start to talk a little bit more about what other stuff are involved with that. You know, trying to make them understand, you know how how it's fun. You know how it, you know how you can make all of this work. And and again, we get tools on how to make all of this work. You know, n- not only I do this with NASCAR, I do the same with with general motors, trying to sell general motors as a place to work. Yeah. And again, not too many people will get in the racing department. Let's be honest. How this can help the production world? And you go and make it and make it attractive. That's the magic. How do you make attractive? And when you talk about, you know, one thing that they tell us is we we have passion. We talk with passion about what we do you know and that's what we're trying to do we we are ambassadors of what we're doing and you know, to show them. And also, I also believe that they have to s- relate with people, that they mm-hmm. see people. And you know, I'm getting out of you know, that subject for a little bit, but, but like an example, when you see a Daniel Suarez, okay, as a Hispanic, as a Hispanic, I am so happy to see a, a driver like him. Many people, I go to Puerto Rico and people are talking to me about him. Even oh. there, they're starting to know who is a Daniel Suarez. And when Juan Pablo was here, they could relate. You know, with now with Danica, now when you see the engineer that is also the, uh, the number 21 main engineer, you, you 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 know, someday maybe somebody will be a a cruise ship if that's what they want, you know, but... You'd have to see examples to see, you, have you have know, those role models that, to inspire that is, people, exactly yeah. that this is going to happen. And when I go and talk to the students, I talk about, well, my cool job. Yeah, of course, it requires a lot of education and requires um, many hours, hard, you know, hard work. I believe, you know, when you get an education in in, in in the university, pretty much you're just getting some basic skills that can open your eyes. You know, at the end of the day, you can go and do whatever you want, but that education helps. That helps right. to open your doors right. out there.
1: It certainly helps helps NASCAR that you're out there spreading the word because the thing I keep hearing of is that it's getting harder for teams to find good engineers and you know maybe that's because so many of them need dozens now here at Ganassi or Hendrick whatever there's the hiring pool is is getting smaller so maybe that's part of it but are are there other reasons is it that there's so much technology like you know Silicon Valley is is NASCAR finding itself competing with with other industries Uh, a lot more for these people? uh, Absolutely not only
2: NASCAR all the industries are competing for the same for the same people, That yeah. the same people. You know, Um, and again, uh, we, we are looking for somebody, not only with that engineering degree, we're looking for somebody that can think out of the box, smart enough, willingness to, to go to the end to make something happen. And again, and that's one of the reasons, and I, and I will tell you that many teams do the same, and this is maybe something that nobody talks too much about it. There's what we call the Formula SAE Project, sponsored by the SAE International. And it's interesting because nobody talks about that, but everybody sends engineers out there to go to this competition. The competition just happened three weeks ago, and we had engineers from everywhere, including the other two OEMs, looking. Because this is the deal. It's an opportunity to see 2,000 engineering students working on a project that is not your typical classroom project. And trying to make things happen, you know. I always say in an interview, be the most you can fake it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you are one hour there, one thing. But when I see you working on something under pressure, and I see how you react, and I am there for four days, and I see how you can do that, that's how we go and hire people.
1: So if you want to be an engineer in NASCAR, that's the best job fair. Just go uh, to Formula One. many, and many of in them.
2: That. Yeah. If you start to look around, all the OEMs will tell you many of the engineers were have been hired to the formal SAE program, things like that. And, and again, it's interesting because we all, we all go to work, but I see all of these guys over there. The, and sometimes I see them talking to somebody that I really want to talk to. So we all fight for the same person. <laughs> but again, it's just looking for those skills, not only that you had, of course, good grace and, and things like that, but can you think out of the box? Can you react and make something happen? Can you be inventive? Uh, th- that's why we are looking. Unfortunately, it's not easy. At the same time, you have the attraction of other companies. And so let's be honest, when somebody say, oh, Apple, Google, right? Uh, Silicon Valley, any company right. there, when we talk about, let's be honest, Tesla, SpaceX, yeah. you know, so we are competing, you know, you have NASCAR or you have General Motors trying to compete about, uh, I got an offer from the SpaceX. Right. How do you go and sell what you're doing? And that is the magic that we are trying to work right now how do you sell how do you sell you know how do you sell NASCAR forget that image from the past NASCAR is something completely different NASCAR is a lot of technology now we see more Formula One people coming to work here and let me give you another example going to my GM example but when you think about Buick right you're thinking about oh no that's the older thing but you know that many young people are starting to buy Buicks you know yes because you have to reinvent yourself. So it's, you know, as an engineer, it's one thing, but in marketing, everybody has to help to, yeah. to show this image. You know, with, now with the new sponsor, Monster Energy, you know, it's upbeat, it's hip, right. you know? That's how you're trying to sell your brand out there. And
1: wow. that's important because that leads me to my last question which might be the toughest one. You mentioned Tesla, SpaceX. I mean, a lot of these companies are looking toward the future, not just of technology, but of automobiles. And it's it looks like it might be autonomous cars, you know, I don't know how many years from now. Obviously in racing, there are people driving cars. Yeah. Where do you see, as, as maybe not just even as somebody who works in racing, but somebody who works for a car manufacturer yeah. and, and spends a lot of time in, in in Michigan, Detroit. How do you see racing, I guess, fitting into, as the car culture <laughs> changes in America? How does racing oh, wow. fit into that?
2: You know, it, it's just interesting because we all, we have had these meetings with NASCAR. We talk about all those things, you mm-hmm. know. You know, you see, even you see Formula, Formula E, right, Formula mm-hmm. Electric, you know. Uh, there's many people interested, but again, let's think about something here. One thing that really works with NASCAR is the driver, the attraction to the driver. People are not only attracted to the car and so on, but they are attracted to the driver. You know, and and drivers. I think that drivers is still a big, a big deal. But again, you have to go with the times and trying to make this a little bit better. And when you see, let's try to get greener. Let's try to do all that kind of thing. So you have to work with the times, you know? And, and And I think that we're getting there. We just have to keep working about how can we make all these things happen? And like you said, attract the people that are going to those other jobs and say, you know what, there's technology here and we can make this a little bit better. If you look at the millennials today, They are very social conscious, very, very, you know, they want to do the right thing for society, for environment and so on and so on. And we're not getting political here. I'm just talking in general the way that they that they are. So and technology is a big deal for them. Show them the technology, show them. You know, I think that when you go and and we try to bring engineers, when we go and and show them what we're doing for technology, in NASCAR, they realize, wow, I didn't know that. It give you an example, uh, um, I'm very, very close to the to work with interns in general Motors, mothers, and I am working right now trying to give many of our passes that we get for the Michigan race to bring students, to show them, to show them, right. this is what technology is right. about.
1: Right, right, real-world opportunities. This is, exactly, yeah. this,
2: but there's technology in what we do. If we will ever get to autonomous racing, I I, I don't know, I don't know. But again, one thing that NASCAR, that NASCAR has Is that passion that people have for the drivers. Do not, we cannot go away from that. People love, drivers are very passionate and, and they like to follow one specific driver. We, you know, how do we enhance that at the same time that we work you know, I'm right. getting better with the cars and, and going to the future.
1: Passion and those personalities draw people in. And certainly you are very passionate as well, and also <laughs> <are> a personality <laughs> in the NASCAR industry. And I, I really you. appreciate you taking so much time to talk to me, Alba. I really enjoyed this.
2: My My pleasure. Anytime. Right.
1: Thanks again. We appreciate Alba Cologne for joining us. That was at the end of a very long day for her. She had been through a lot of travel delays. She had had meetings. We'd had to reschedule the conversation a couple of times. So I really appreciate her taking so much of her time out from the end of a busy day at Ganassi Racing. After she had that key partner meeting with Ganassi and Hendrick and Richard Childress Racing, she made time for us. So really appreciate her doing that. Also really appreciate Jessica at Chevy PR for being so great about coordinating this conversation and getting it set up and, and getting it done. Thanks a lot, Jessica. Stay tuned next week. We will have Max Pappas on the podcast next week. He also is scheduled to be on NASCAR America as well next week uh, heading into uh, Sonoma. So Max Pappas, obviously someone with a lot of auto racing experience, both NASCAR and IndyCar. He had a lot of interesting things to say, a lot of great perspective. So stay tuned next week for Max Pappas on the NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by STP. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating or or review. We're also available on Boom, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcasting apps. And you can also catch us at NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. If you have ideas or guest suggestions for the NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by STP, please send them to me on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast presented by STP.
0: I'm Steve Latart,
1: STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline
0: and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. It's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.